Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. When it comes to eating well, sometimes it feels like it's a guessing game. Even if something looks good for me, the label is usually full of mystery ingredients. Who's got time for that? Not me. That's why I love Daily Harvest. They say no to weird ingredients, fillers, seed oils, added sugars, and even gluten if that's something you avoid. So all I have to do is say yes to delicious, easy-to-prep options that never leave me wondering what's really in my food. They deliver delicious options such as smoothies, harvest bowls, soups, and my new favorite, their bites that are built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to my door. Thanks to Daily Harvest, I always have something convenient in my freezer, especially on a really busy day. Take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash ifstories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 365 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Susan. Susan lives in Richmond, Virginia, where she is a domestic goddess. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Jen. Hey, now. How are you? It's so good to talk to you, and I love the domestic goddess. Oh, yes. I stole that from my Della Lawson. Yes. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, you know, women, we wear lots of hats. And so we are the domestic goddess, even if we wear a lot of other hats. Mm -hmm. But I love that. But I feel like today's a special milestone, episode 365. We now have enough episodes so that someone could listen to a different one every single day of the year. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. You'll be the last day of the year for them, Susan. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? In June of 2019, I had been introduced to intermittent fasting by somebody else that I saw that had lost significant amount of weight. And I wasn't going to ask because I had given up. I knew I was never going to lose weight. I was always going to be 210 pounds. And that's just the way it was. I was tired of the roller coaster. I was tired of the mental games. And this is just how it was. And I lasted about two, three hours with my friend. And then I finally was like, how did you do this? You look great. And he said, delay, don't deny. 
He was introduced by a trainer that said, give that book a read. And that's immediately how I jumped in. I jumped into intermittent fasting with delay, don't deny, and thankfully went straight into a clean fast. I love that so much. <laughs> I love when a trainer recommends that you know, because we hear such a mixed bag from trainers. You know, there's a whole bunch of trainers who understand intermittent fasting. They understand you don't have to like eat a pre-workout and during your workout and after you don't need to do all that. But then there's still the old school trainers who are like, oh no, you must eat, have a steak. And then <laughs> anyway, so I love that a trainer introduced you. And this was a friend of yours and he had been using intermittent fasting. Yeah. He had lost, he had said about 40 pounds at wow. that point and he loved it and he was exercising. And I was like, okay, this one last thing, I'll order the book. And I ordered the book and it was like, Love at first sight, Jen, like when I met my husband, it was like, I knew this was it. It just spoke to me, to my soul. It was something that I felt, oh my God, this makes so much sense. This is just everything. I didn't have to force myself to believe it. It just came to me as natural as everything else. And I thought, wow, this is what I'm going to do. I read the book real quickly and then started the following Monday with black coffee, which was atrocious because <laughs> I only yeah. ever had it with cream and sugar. I would never have it black, but I was so desperate. I was so ready to embrace something different because the way I was going was just all pain. It was pain and sadness and I couldn't do it anymore. I totally get it. It really was. When you mentioned before that you had given up, I think, you know, so many of us have that same part of our story. When we had tried so hard and the pain and the embarrassment and the, all the things we did, and we just are like, I can't live this way anymore. I just can't. So you mentioned you were 210 pounds. That's also a number that I saw on the scale. How tall are you? I'm 5'6". Okay. That's very similar to me. I'm just a little bit shorter than you, but not very much. And so you just feel hopeless at that point. Mm -hmm. But suddenly you're like, I can do it. I can do it. It just spoke to me. It made so much sense that why do I have to eat so much? Why am I always eating? Why can't I just feel the hunger? And what does that really mean? A lot of my journey is so emotional and using food as a mental crutch yeah. to get through because of all my childhood and teenage years and things like that, that that was a lot of stuff I had to work through to get to my why. Why do I want to finally put myself first? Oh, I love that. You know, having a powerful why I think is important in my new book that's coming out actually less than a month after this episode comes out at the end of November, 28 day fast start day by day. And it's a companion to fast feast repeat, but it'll be out in that book. One of the things I have people do before they even begin is craft a powerful why statement, because I think that is so important to set yourself up for success. If the only thing you want to do is I want to lose weight as fast as I can, you might not be ready for intermittent fasting. It's not going to be that. But your why was, you know, getting off that crazy train of the diet roller coaster and the diet mindset and feeling like a failure. And you wanted something that was sustainable. Yeah. I was so tired of being tired about being down on myself and about focusing so much on my weight and focusing so much on, do I exercise? Do I not exercise? Do I eat? What do I eat? This is wrong. Am I supposed to do keto? Am I supposed to not have fat? Now I'm supposed to have avocados. Like I couldn't <laughs> handle it anymore. I was so tired. I wanted to be, you know, I was like 44 at the time. And I'm like, I want to do something else with my life. Then worry about food. Life. Yeah. I don't want to worry about food. I want to be able to do something else. Like this is, it's enough already. Absolutely. Can I move on and actually find a hobby? Can I move on and make my life about something else knowing I've got this? Yeah. Because I'm not the failure. Everything else has failed around me and that I am in control and I can make myself first. And why haven't I made myself first? And really going through all of that. And once I figured out my why, mm -hmm. it's easier to follow through versus white knuckling or anything like that. And also understanding it's not perfect and that's okay. It's never going to be perfect. You know, I'm four years into this journey and it's always relearning and reeducating. 
I think that's really, really important what you just said. I want to reiterate that. You said you don't have to be perfect. You know, one thing we see is people who will start and then they'll have like a blip, a tiny blip, maybe a long weekend or maybe a week on a vacation. And they're like, okay, I'm starting over. I'm like, you're not, you're not starting over and letting the blips be a blip. You know, like if you fell asleep and forgot to brush your teeth, you wouldn't be like, oh, I'm starting over with dental hygiene today. I mean, it's just something we do. Intermittent fasting is part of our lifestyle. Once you begin it, you just incorporate it into your life and you don't start over. That's exactly right. Since June of 2019, I have intermittent fasted every day. I do not wake up in the morning and say, screw it today. I'm just going to start eating. Right. And that's the end of it. I haven't done that at all. If anything, I consider it a longer window. I find so much power in the delay because no food is off limit. It's the delaying that is key for me and the tweaking and figuring this out. The way that I intermittent fast now is different than when I started. All these kinds of things, all these toolboxes. But even through the horrible struggles that I had in the last two years, I've always had the intermittent fasting. Yeah, It's just a matter of staying connected to the way that I fast and what's going to work for me. If anything, I'll decide to open my window early but it's an intentional choice. And I know if I'm eating because I'm hungry versus my typical crutch of mentally needing the food to numb, right. to get That's me important. through. And that is the big thing for me. That's such a powerful reframe. You said you have fasted every day since June of 2019, but there have been days you have opened earlier and had a longer window. But you didn't say, oh, I'm not fasting today. No, never. I mean, even if you wake up in two hours after you wake up, you open your window, you still had a fast. You know, you did still fast. And if you have a longer window, it was just a longer window. But you're not like, oh, I just didn't fast today because you did. No, I never said that. It's always fasting. It's always, I try to delay. I try to really get in touch with my feelings. I try to really sit with it. Can I push it off for two hours? Can I do this? Like, I really try to be conscious about it. And I really have never considered myself falling off the wagon. If anything, if I, you know, have bad weeks after vacation or this or that, I always come back to it. I come back to the toolbox. I come back to your books. I come back into the podcast. I stay in the community. I reinforce what I'm doing and I learn what the trigger is, what sent me off this path. I have, it's truly my lifestyle. I will not go back. I can't imagine going back to all the behavior that I had that I used eating for to cover up, that I used disordered eating patterns to try to help myself in a way that was protectant, just everything. It has changed all of that. And I owe that so much to delay, don't deny, and to you. I don't follow anyone else. I just stick to what works. One thing about that is the most important, I think, is there's so many people you could listen to about literally any topic, and fasting is one of them. And there are lots of voices out there. My advice is to everybody listening, find a voice you like, follow that person. Maybe it's not me. Maybe there's somebody else. You like what they say better. But it's when you try to follow every single person who talks about fasting that you're going to really make yourself confused. And like I spend a lot of time in the community, you know, people will come in bringing things from somebody else and say, this person says, I'm just going to say, you know, women shouldn't fast or women should fast differently depending on their luteal phase or whatever. And I'm like, if you would like to follow that person, follow that person, do what they say, see if their approach works well for you. But in my approach, that's not part of it. And so I don't want to have to keep explaining <laughs> that's not part of it. And so I appreciate there are a lot of voices out there, but you can really make it so complicated trying to follow everybody. My way is not that complicated. Right. Exactly. I keep it simple. I can't count anything. Like my head will explode. That sends me into insanity. I have a hard enough time trying to figure out if it's really 500 calories yeah, on, <laughs> on the down my day. down day. Yeah. So I just make sure I keep it intentionally very small because I can't even count that. 
I know kind of eyeballing it. This is a really small meal. I know I don't overeat. I'm good this way and I can do it. I have figured out what works for me and what my triggers are. And that's taken a long time. I'm four years into this journey and it's going to be a lifetime for me. And I'm just need it simple. And that's why I stick to you. And I don't try to bring in any other voice or any other real books because it doesn't work for me. Well, I just see it being really confusing. Like somebody in the space that recently published a book about fasting for women was just on a really big podcast that is not a fasting podcast. It's one of the big, big podcasts out there. And they talked about fasting and that's always great. I always love when fasting gets out into the mainstream and people hear about it. However, it's not someone who promotes the clean fast and it's somebody who's talking about cream in your coffee. And so then people come back into my community. I'm like, what? They'll say something like, I just heard this podcast and this person said I can have cream. That's where, you know, it gets confusing. Like I would love to help people with fasting, but I get tired of. (laughs) No, like I said, when I read the book and it was like a clean fast, it wasn't even a question to me to keep putting creamer and sugar in my coffee because I was desperate. I was like this, I can't keep going on this roller coaster. I will learn to drink black coffee. And so now the only time I put a little bit of sugar or maybe a little bit of cream is if I'm on vacation and I'm intentionally having a breakfast, which is amazing. My husband never would have thought because there was no way I would ever drink black coffee. And now it's like, I look forward to it so much every morning. I've got yeah. my mug right here. Yeah. Yeah. I already drank my pot, so now I'm on to oh, uh, this is the a, end of a my huge pot. thing of water. Yeah, I brought it over. I <laughs> used my little travel cup that I brought it over from my house over here <laughs> to record. Are you tired of feeling tired? Are you someone who hits snooze and then slams your head straight back on the pillow? Magnesium Breakthrough is an all-natural supplement that helps you sleep more peacefully and wake up feeling refreshed. Magnesium Breakthrough is the only magnesium supplement on the market that contains the optimal ratio of all seven essential types of magnesium. So if you want to feel more energized and get the best night's sleep you've had in forever, check out bioptimizers.com slash ifstories. In addition to the discount you get by using the promo code ifstories10, you can get free gifts with your purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough and who does not love something free act fast this is a limited time offer go now to bioptimizers.com slash if stories and don't forget to use the promo code if stories 10 you'll be amazed at how much better you feel by taking magnesium breakthrough when you're an american express platinum card member don't be surprised if you say things like chef what course are we on Um, i've lost count or shoot that shoot that and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom slash with amex terms apply lots of things like that that i thought i could never do i was just when you get to the point that you have had enough and you want your life to be about something else, and you know what your why is, it's easier to make that change. It's true. And I had found you, it's like you're another wife or husband to me, because I just knew in my soul, this was it. And I wasn't going to ignore it. Doesn't mean it's been easy all the time. Doesn't mean I haven't had struggles or that I haven't been frustrated. But the core, just like my husband, I know this is what it is. It's part of your life. You've adopted it in, you've brought it in, and you said, this is part of my life just like my family is. It's something that I do. Let's go back a little bit. You talk about you've struggled with disordered eating. You have a long path. Do you want to talk about some of those struggles that brought you to the point where you were when you found out about intermittent fasting, was ready to let it go? So I was an active kid, always worked out. I had a gym membership, even as a teenager, things like that. I like moving my body. But I used food to cope with childhood sexual abuse and then being raped even as a teenager. Oh, my gosh. And so even though I was thin at those times, I would have binge episodes. And I remember even being in seventh grade, I gained 40 pounds in two months because I was going through whatever I was going through and then binged eight and then the weight came back off. And then I went through being a teenager and I was thin I was attractive. Men would make passes at me all the time. 
people were making comments about me and it was totally unwanted. Right. But I liked the attention, but I didn't want the attention. And then I had been raped and I just was in a confusing spot, had gained weight real quick again, lost it real quick again because of trying to cope with the feelings, pushed it right. down. I was used to pushing everything down because of my childhood. Right. And then as I got into college, it just steamrolled and I could no longer keep things at bay. I was very stressed by my junior year of college. I put on a lot of weight again after my 21st birthday. And a lot of that was protected. If I'm heavy, men stopped hitting on me. Men wouldn't make comments to me anymore. I was hidden. And so I pretty much stayed from a 135 weight and went up to about 170 within a really short period of time in college and used food as a crutch. And then by the time I met my husband when I was 23 and I'm 48 now, I was still around 170, still had a lot of eating issues and things like that. But it's been really hard for me to realize that I can take my own power back and know that I don't have to hide anymore. I can right. do for me. And that's been really powerful. I think that is a story that happens to so many more young girls and teenage girls than we would probably even be able to comprehend. And I think part of that story is, like you said, the feeling like, well, this fat is going to be protective because it will stop the attention. And you don't know how to deal with those feelings, especially at such a young age. And I'm sure there's so many feelings of, of course, this horrific thing happened to your body, but then you also have the feelings of shame and you just want to push those down. And that's when the emotional eating gets in, plus the, the protective nature of that. So. Yeah. When you don't have a safe place and you mm -hmm. don't have a good childhood, my childhood was really crappy. I had a mom that did the best she could. My father was not around. He was an in and out, you know, they were divorced. Just not a great father either. Not a lot of support just trying to figure it all out for yourself. It is a large part of my mental struggle and a large part of what I've even been dealing with these last couple of years and these last two years and even these last six months of taking care of myself. When I have a husband and I have two teenagers, how do I put myself back in and knowing that I deserve to be put back in because I'm 100%. at a spot now where I can. What I love about your story is you met your husband at the age of 23, and it sounds like to me you needed a family, like you were looking for that, and he is your family. Yeah, yeah. He was a man that loved me Right. being heavier, being crazy, not knowing up from down, not having my head on straight, and he saw through that. He saw and you anyway. He saw he the saw real me. Susan and loved yeah. you. And saw me anyway. And it just was like, oh, okay. Like, he's not going to go anywhere. He's here. He see me in my craziness of trying to make things work, not knowing how to make things work, always taking things out on myself, which you don't really realize you're doing with food and with all the mental stuff going on. Like I said, I like to work out. I like to move my body and do things. So why is it a fight? every day to do something like just yesterday with it being Monday, I'm like, I really want to run. I really want to jog. And I can always say, do it tomorrow because I got to clean the house and I have to do the dishes and I got to take care of the five cats and the dog. I always have an excuse. So now I try to tell myself, you know what, before 10 AM, I don't do anything for anybody else in this house. What am I going to do for myself today? I love that. You have scheduled yourself. That is your time prior to 10 a.m. for yourself, whether that's a run or what, soak in the tub. <laughs> yes, it's whatever I want it to be, but it has yeah. to be for me, whether I'm doing my transcendental meditation, whether I'm doing some journaling when I'm doing this, even if I want to watch Real Housewives, which yeah. is my guilty pleasure, you know, yeah. things like that. I'm trying because the way that I've been doing it has been taking so much mental toll on me. Even in the last six months, I can't do it anymore. It's always tomorrow. It's always tomorrow. And you can always have your IF like that. Well, it can always be tomorrow, but it's today. If not today, when? If not me, who? If not now, why not? Right. And I'm tired of the excuses. Just tired. You know, it's exhausting. The head game is exhausting. 
it is exactly right. You know, with intermittent fasting, the beginning, it's physical, you know, because your body's not fat adapted. Your body doesn't know how to do this new thing. So in the beginning, you have a lot of physical adaptations. But 99% of what's hard <laughs> of fasting is the mental part. It's, you know, the games we play with ourselves and the bargaining. And like, oh, well, I'll do this today, but then I'll start again tomorrow. And then tomorrow, like, well, you know, <laughs> I'll do it tomorrow. And then before you know it, it's been two months. And so, yeah, I get that. I know what works to set myself up for success. Now that the kids are back in school, I'm back to like a modified ADF, which is how I feel really good. And I also know that I cannot eat between one and four. If I start eating between one and four, I'm going to go bonkers. I'm going to eat too much. Okay. And so I really try to push off doing a four hour window. I leave that for weekends. Or if I'm doing my up day, down day approach, that's fine. That has really helped me with not wanting to binge on certain foods because I know I'm going to have that Tuesday or Thursday as an up day, that if I really want something, I can have it then, which is the beauty of the delay. You're delaying it to a different day even. It's not just the delay does not always just have to be like, I'm going to have that in an hour or to later today. You could delay till your Tuesday up day. For me, I delayed alcohol for 10 weeks when I was trying to lose weight more quickly back in 2015. The delay can be any length of time that you need it to be. Exactly. It's not forever. It's not a no. It's not, I'm never going to have pizza and Chick-fil-A or McDonald's again or anything like that. It's a delay to when am I deciding versus my emotions being so controlled by my emotion with eating has been the biggest thing that I've really had to learn because I can tell when I start getting stressed and I start spiraling and I start going down that rabbit hole, I really have learned by fasting what is a true want of Chick-fil-A or McDonald's or a pizza because I have my certain foods that I really like or do I really want it? Or is my head telling me I need this because I'm trying to get rid of some other kind of feeling? Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that is a struggle that so many people can relate to because these patterns of thinking of like, I need this to soothe me. We built those up over decades of life. You have to learn new habits and new things and just delaying it till Tuesday, delaying it till Thursday. That's powerful. And that's why during the week, I try not to eat between one and four because- That opens a window to me that is more not intentional. Right. It's more of a habit. And around four o'clock, things start to get real busy with the kids being in the house and I'm running errands and i am got to go do things with the kids. So it's a lot easier for me to delay opening the window because I'm busy. So you like to wait on a busy weekday that's not an update. You like to wait till after four to open. Yeah. If it's a Monday or Wednesday when I'm going to have like mealless Monday or something like that, I'll just have my small meal in the evening with my husband. Like yesterday was Monday. I happened to not eat. So I'm still fasted even now. I'll break after this. But that was okay because I was with my daughter doing something. And so we weren't in the house having a family meal. I will always have a 500 calorie meal meal. on a down day when we eat as a family. I will not sit there and be like, sorry, it's my down day. I'm not eating it. That just doesn't work for me. If I'm out of the house and we're not eating together as a family, then I prefer to actually just keep fasting, which is, you know, so counter to the way that I used to be with so scared to be hungry and things like that. I love that you are flexible with it because sometimes people feel like they have to like commit one way or the other. Mm -mm. There's still that thought out there that, well, the 500 calorie down day is not real ADF and I need to just fast for 36 to 42 hours. That's real ADF. And the irony behind that is actually real ADF, if you want to go back to the roots of the plan, is the 500 calorie down day because original ADF, when it first became a thing based on the research of Krista Verity, who invented it, it was 500 calorie down days followed by an up day, which was an unrestricted day. So if anybody wants to do real ADF, you want to go back to the roots, you would have a 500 calorie down day every time. It's skipping the 500 calorie down day and having a full fast that's actually the newer version. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And I did struggle with that. And I right. asked that in the DDD community a couple months ago and you answered back. I asked you directly and you were like, have the 500 calorie meal because I struggled because I want the autophagy. I still have weight to lose. So I wanted to go right through. But with the summertime, I wasn't, again, this summer, I wasn't going to put off my intermittent fasting with four hour windows every day when I knew that I felt better doing a longer fast with the kind of the modified ADF. And with so I just jumped right into it. Yeah, so I just jumped right into it. And I've really had to embrace the up day because I was oh, yeah, still be restricting hard. my time on some of the up day. And since I open earlier, say I would open at 11 on my update, since I opened earlier at like nine, I tend to not get into a binge mode right. of thinking I need the food, I need the food. It's yep. calmed that. So opening earlier on updates is the main strategy I would recommend for most people because it's really hard to get in a full update if you wait too long. I want to circle back real quick, make sure I hit that point that you made about autophagy. And that is the number one thing that makes people just like so stuck on, oh, the 500 calorie down day can't be as good because I want more, more, more autophagy. So I need to do the full fast. That is just one thing going on in our bodies. And so I want to just really reiterate, I've said it before in other places, but we can get so caught up on one concept. We understand the concept of autophagy and that fasting increases it that we're like, well, I want to have just focused on that. But we have other things going on too. For example, some people don't sleep well if they're doing the 36-hour full fast and they do better with the 500-calorie down day when it comes to sleep. So what is, quote, better? Increased autophagy and terrible sleep? Well, that's not good, <laughs> you know, or maybe you'll have... Yeah, the 500 calorie down day meal is not a giant amount of food. So you're having increased autophagy. They actually show that many things increase autophagy, like exercise. So if you really want to work on autophagy, do a little exercising on your down day and have the down day meal and you'll have increased autophagy. Coffee increases autophagy. So to be fixated on that one aspect of the down day. You know, I have also a theory that the 500 calorie down day helps a lot of people because, you know, we know fasting is a stress on the body and we know that it's a good stress, but it could be more of a stress for some people. So perhaps that 500 calorie down day meal mitigates some of the stress response that their body might feel. And so therefore it's quote better for their stress response. Anyway, I just wanted to pop that in there. Yeah, that's good to know because these are all things that go through your head because you're just yeah. trying to do the best thing, exactly. which is why I listened to what you say to do. And you said, have a bigger up day, do the fat, and that's what I'm doing. And we can misinterpret what the best thing is based on focusing on one thing. Like if you only focus on autophagy, that's it. That's all you care about. Then you might think, well, okay, obviously, if I'm only focused on autophagy, it makes sense theoretically that I would have extra autophagy if I skipped the down day meal. But that's not the only thing. We've got our stress response. We've got our sleeping. We've got, I've said this before. I don't know where I saw this or if I dreamed it, but I know I remember seeing something about the 500 calorie down day compared to a full fast and they lost slightly more weight with a 500 calorie down day meal. I mean, maybe that meal had a slight metabolic boost that they miss when you do the full fast. So there's so yeah. many variables that I want people to get out of their heads of theory and do what works for them. If the 500 calorie down day meal works for you, do that. You're not missing out on something. And if the full fast works for you, do that and do what feels good to you and that is going to be sustainable. And what I love that you do, Susan, is that you don't always pick the same thing. It's based on your day. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Tomorrow's going to be Wednesday. I'm going to yeah. have a 500 calorie down meal because I'll be home to have dinner right. with my husband and I'll prioritize meat and a vegetable or something like that just to get in those kinds of nutrients. But if I had a chicken finger and a French fry for 500 calories, then I did if that's what yeah. I had to do, you know, or if y'all are running around and not eating dinner as a family, it could be a full fast and that is also fine. And that's what I did yesterday. And once I got past four, I'm completely fine. And right. Taco Chico saves my life. Topo Chico. I always, yeah. Topo Chico. Because that's, I use that 
every afternoon when I know I'm going to hit that window, when my body's like, ooh, ooh, this is your habit, start eating the Cheetos, I have my drink and it gives me another couple hours yeah. till I get over that hump because it's always, it's mental. It's always that time period between one to four during the week. On the weekend, if I open my window, it's a weekend. It's fine. Normally Saturday is an up day for me. And then on Sunday, I just do... You know, I might be open for four hours or something like that. Depends what I do. I try not to worry too much about it because I know on Monday I'm coming right back to my modified ADF and it's going to feel good. Now, when you first started in 2019, what did you start at the beginning? Were you doing just a daily eating window? Yeah, I was doing probably about four to five hours. Mm -hmm. And the first couple days, I remember posting on the Facebook group that if I thought about food anymore, I was going to keel over and like, how do you do that? But I was committed. I wasn't going to give up because delay, don't deny resonated with me so much. And I believed in it and I just knew. So I wasn't going to give up that I was hungry because I knew I had to get through the habit of always being full. I never let myself feel hunger. I was scared of hunger. If I went anywhere, I had snacks because I was so scared of ever being hungry. And it's just, I live, I feel better. Like it's crazy. So that June of 2019, I, like I said, I think I was about 210. I was still using the scale at this point, which I don't do anymore. And then I went to November of 2019. I had lost about 40 pounds. I felt great. I was crying over how revolutionary my thinking has changed and how much better I was feeling and how this was just like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And I was so thankful that I ask that friend right. for that one more thing because I'd like sworn it all off. And even coming up to that time period, everything was fantastic. My skin was clearing up. My periods actually came back a little I more regular, that. even though I was in a perimenopause period, my period was a little more regular. It's just so many, so many things felt great. And then we went into the pandemic and when a lot of people struggled during the pandemic, I was completely fine. I didn't have any issues during the pandemic with the kids being home or stress or anything like that. Because with my husband being a surgeon, he was still going to the hospital. The only difference was my kids were home starting a summer break eight weeks earlier than normal with homeschooling. So I didn't compensate with food or anything like that. I kept riding the train, my IF train, doing four to five hours, having wine, being intentional with my food. It wasn't until about two years ago when we moved from where we lived in Missouri to where we are now in Richmond, Virginia, that life stressors just collided. Wow with my family, with my children, with my husband, with myself, that I never fell off IF because it is here for life, but I used food more as a crutch and I had some window creep and I had some more disordered eating patterns going back to those old ways of being to cope. Right. Well, you know, our brain forms those pathways and those habits and behaviors early. And when we're going through a time of stress, we just don't even like make conscious choices sometimes. It's like when you're like, I'm not gonna whatever it is, fill in the blank. And then you're having a very stressful time and you don't even realize you're at the grocery store putting that stuff in your cart again that you had said you weren't gonna buy. And then you get home and you have, you're like, how did that happen? And then you eat it. And then your resolve is you've just lost the plot with that. I totally get it from the stress. Yeah. And it was, I just had so many things. We had moved. We lost our tribe. My children lost the people that they had grown up with for the last nine years. It was, I lost all my best friends. My husband changed jobs. My husband went through his own really horrible personal struggles these last two years that I never thought I'd have to deal with in my marriage that stressed my marriage crazy. My son had mental health issues and he's 14 and my daughter's 12, but you know, having an 11 year old with serious mental health struggles is like 11 and 12 is off the chart. My daughter had weight issues and trying to not be judgmental on myself that what have I done? What have I shown her? Right. That she has this issue and putting the guilt onto myself. Both my parents died last year within six months. Oh, no, Susan. Oh, <laughs> I my lost goodness. Three cats. 
I mean, it was just like one after the Everything. other. Everything. It was a whack-a-mole. It was a uh-huh. whack-a-mole. Who is on fire today? And how can I handle this fire over here right now? Because I am at the bottom of the list again. And I'm going back to drive-throughs. And I know that I, I can't bring home Oreos. And I know I can't bring home a bag of chips. But damn, I really want to just soothe myself with that. And I know I can't have that bottle of wine, but I'm going to have some of that now. And it's going to be, all of it is just a pacifier. Right. Because I'm trying to deal with so much going on and so much stress that that is what took its toll on me these last 18 months to two years where my weight crept back up by about probably 25 pounds again, which I'm not happy about. Right. But it's not 40 pounds in two months, right? which is my usual, which is how it has gone traditionally. And so I still have my toolbox. And when this happens, I come back to the guiding principles. I put myself back on a 28-day fast start. I reread the books. I re-listen to as many of your podcasts because I found when I was in that really bad struggle and it was taking a toll on me emotionally, I wasn't as plugged into the DDD community and I wasn't as plugged into the podcast that I should have been for support. I think that's really, really common. And so everybody listening, stay connected. And the thing about being in the community, you know, probably most people think of coming to the community as something to support like you, Susan, or you know, to support yourself. And it's true. That is a great part of community. But what I have really learned is like, I think a lot of my success with losing the weight and keeping it off has been because of all the help I've given other people. Like you can't tell somebody 10 times one piece of advice and not take that on for yourself. Like the more you help other people, the more you internalize what you're saying to them. And like, if you tell someone a hundred times, don't buy the foods that are problematic for you, then you're more likely to not buy the foods that are problematic for yourself. So go to the community. If you're struggling, everybody who's listening, even Susan, (laughs) even me, if you're struggling, go to the community. Not so you can make a post and say, here's how I'm struggling. Everybody help me. Definitely do that. We're there for that. We want to hear about your struggling. We want to help you. But instead, go in, read the posts from other people And give supportive comments to them and give them advice that's helped you. And by the time you've done that, you're going to be more successful. Like, I really think the people who are plugged into the community, spending a lot of time, give good advice, really good advice to other people. That helps them so much. And it helps the person that they gave the advice to. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know, kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love because you're the long distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Yeah, I agree. It's being plugged in and living it. And it doesn't have to be 24 hours a day for me. But I do know that part of my success for keeping my emotional eating at bay is staying plugged in and nourishing it. Yeah. And just go in there, look around, go to one place and just give a few people some comments, make some suggestions to some newbies. And then you'll be, you can walk away and go about your day and you'll feel more 
committed to yourself because you took the time to word it for other people. Yeah. And also understand it's not a perfect journey. Oh, no. My journey is not, you think you go from like 210 to 130 in a year and like, yay, I'm great. And I've never had a hard day. Who has that? I don't have that. I have hard days. I don't have that. And yet my life is so much better with IF that I will not live without it. And it has been a crazy road. I still have my struggles, but I am so in tune to it now. And I can call it out and see what it is. It doesn't mean it stops me every time, but I am very intentional with what I do. And I has really helped me craft. What am I hungry for? What is it that I really need? I love that so much. Just yesterday, somebody in the community posted something about how she was cold or something all day. I like spent the whole day being cold. And then she was like feeling she hadn't connected in her mind though yet, but she was like, I'm just not feeling right. I need to eat something. Then she's like, wait a minute. No, I'm cold. So she went and sat like on her porch in the sun and warmed up. And then she said, that's what I needed. I didn't need snacks. I needed to be warm. So you learn to listen. What does my body really need right now? Maybe I need to just sit, close my eyes, meditate. Yeah. Can I try something else? It's been through IF. I've learned how to know if I'm truly hungry right? versus my soul is hungry. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'm coming on, I'm 48. I'm coming on over 45 years of having major depressive disorder, PTSD, a lot of childhood trauma, a lot of being negative on myself, a lot of mental just debilitation that has been turned around so much by just taking control of how I take care of myself. And I take that as a win. I take that as a win. I mean, yeah, I got on the treadmill yesterday to train for a 5k and I didn't die. And that's perfect. That was perfect for yesterday. Let's see what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to do it again. A lot of it is what am I doing right now? If I want to go eat those Oreos, what am I telling myself right now to set myself up for, you know, is this really what I want? And if that's really what I want, then go for it and don't have guilt. Yep. Know that I'm choosing it. It's not my emotions choosing it. It's not trauma choosing it. I'm choosing to eat that because I truly do want it. And I'm going to enjoy that. And that's huge. I, going back what you and just forth said. with stuff like that. Yeah. Huge. You're choosing. It's okay to choose it sometimes. Susan can choose it, but you don't want your trauma to choose it or your emotions to choose it. Let Susan choose it and be empowered to say, this is the choice I'm making today. Exactly. And the choice is today. It's not putting it off to tomorrow. I could have easily have said that yesterday again when I knew I needed to get, you know, I want to get on the treadmill. Why am I fighting myself so much about taking care of me? Well, do it tomorrow because you got to do X, Y, Z today. Well, that's what I said last week. And that's what I said four days ago. It's always tomorrow. It's always another time. What am I going to do right now? And I bargain with myself, just give it 10 minutes. You might want to do it for 45, but give yourself 10 minutes and then give yourself permission to reevaluate. And it's the same thing with the food, with my emotions around that, because it's such a trigger for me that I give myself permission to say, if you're not going to have the Dunkin' Donut right now, when are you going to have it? Do you really even need it anymore? Like there's many times I eat Chick-fil-A and I'm like, why did I do that again? I don't feel well, but yet I still want to tell myself that I can have it because I don't want to tell myself, no, I want to say I can have whatever I want and I'm in control of it. And I've accepted the fact that that's not always true and that I don't always need more and I don't always need to give in to the inner child because the real work is in the moment that I am feeling it. And that is when I really have to tune in and say, what is really going on here? That's huge. It's taken that moment. It's that check-in, check-in with yourself and what you're feeling and why and what will help. Right. Exactly. What will help? Because if the old way is so exhausting and I really don't want to do that, then what's the new way? And what's the plan? And what's things like that? And I'm telling you, the power of the delay is just, and I don't tell myself no or never. You know, I should say, I don't tell myself never. It's just maybe not right now. Right. Choose it tomorrow. 
And a lot of times it's like, wow, I really want that pizza over in Carytown. And I'm like, okay, well, when it's my up day, if I really feel like driving to go get it, then go get it. I never do that. Once or twice I did that, but because yeah. I'm too lazy, I don't feel like doing that. I'd rather just stay home. Um, I love that. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just stay home, but I know what the triggers are and I try to have a plan. And like I said, it's never perfect. And I used to think I couldn't be on with you because it wasn't perfect and it wasn't nice and pretty. And it wasn't this clean little, this is what I did. And I'm magically a size six and I love it. And I didn't gain any weight and I didn't have a struggle. And here I am. And now I'm going to tell everybody else how to do it. It hasn't been like that. And that's why I'm so glad that you reached out. And we got to have people telling the real, the real of it. I've heard before people say, well, you know, all the stories make it sound so easy and you just do it and you whatever. And I'm like, those are the people who emailed me. <laughs> I can't control who emails me. And I like to hear all the real because we are real. And for all the people who have a perfect story, right, where they start and they lose the weight, bam, forever. And there are so many, probably more people who are not having that happen. And right. even though your story has been messy and imperfect, at no time were you like, well, intermittent fasting is not for me. Not at all. Not at all. I wish I talked about it more, but some people just aren't opening to it because they're not in a place where they think they can incorporate it in their lives because they're stuck in whatever negative thought about intermittent fasting that they have, which is frustrating. And I don't try to convince anybody yeah, because it's no use. You'll come to it when you come to it. Just like when my friend suggested the book to me, that was the best thing ever. I took it upon myself. You were ready to go. And, oh, I was so ready. If somebody wants to ask me about how do you feel or this or that, I will recommend only the way that you do it and the clean fast. But I don't go around trying to tell people they have to do it or this is the answer for them because that's just dragging somebody to my point of view. You have to be willing to walk it for yourself, not for anybody yeah. else. And the funny part is that my husband started doing it two months after I started in June of 2019 and he didn't tell me and he has never been overweight. He weighed, I think 180 and he's five, nine had always been exercising and weightlifting and just couldn't get rid of like this last 15 or 20 pounds that he wanted, or even 10 pounds, no matter how much he exercised. And he's a surgeon and right away within two, three months, he lost 20 pounds. It has stayed off. Yeah. And he's still intermittent fasts, clean fasts, every day, just like me. So it's even motivating on the weekends. And we just had it this past weekend where our son had a flag football game, you know, like 1230 in the afternoon, 130. Well, are you going to eat before that? No, I'm not going to open my window. I go, eh, me neither. Because why open at 1230 if we're going to go do something and then we can circle back at three? Like yeah. that's fine for me, even though it's a Saturday, like I'm fine. I'll just drink my mineral water. And it's that's so what we helpful do. to have a spouse doing it with you. When Chad and I were in San Francisco yeah. visiting Cal and his wife, Kate, there was one day we were at the farmer's market at the ferry building and trying to decide. It's very complicated when you have a lot of people trying to figure out what to eat at the same time. And so both he and I, we had decided we would open our window for lunch and that we were having dinner later, but we'd have a light lunch. But then when it got complicated, both of us said, we don't have to eat. If it's a problem, we'll just fast. Chad and I both. We'll just yeah. fast. Yeah, which is crazy. November of 2019, we went to Hawaii. I enjoyed Hawaii. I enjoyed all the food. It was, if I felt like eating breakfast, I ate breakfast. I didn't eat breakfast every day, but that was okay because I probably ate late the night before. So our Friday night, we had this wonderful, beautiful meal. I didn't eat at all on Saturday the entire day to travel back to mainland. And I was completely fine on that plane. Whereas the old me would have been freaking out about what if we get stuck and there's no food and I can't eat for five hours. And so then I went from that Friday evening all the way to Sunday morning. And then I broke my fast with whatever I had after 40 some hours and I was fine and I didn't panic. I yeah. can feel hunger and I will be okay. I know I can do it. And I was so scared of feeling anything that it put me into that horrible cycle of constantly eating. I mean, I didn't know up from down, Jen. I didn't know what it was like to be hungry because I never got hungry. You're supposed to eat breakfast and then you're supposed to have a snack and then you're supposed to have this. And I was 
even thinking before I found IF, why is it so much food? Like, I love food. I love food as much as everybody else. Everybody loves food. But do I need so much of it at all times to keep my metabolism going? This isn't working. It's not working. And I'm eating things that I don't necessarily should be eating because it's a lot of processed food, which makes me even hungrier, which I don't want to keep going with. You know, it's fine if I want those Cheetos, if I really want them, but I don't need them to just keep me going. Yeah. And what you said before was really, really powerful. You kept eating so you didn't have to feel anything. Yeah. So many of us can get that. And they're like, that are like, yeah, that rings true because you don't have time to feel it. Right. I've lived in such a depression and PTSD. And if I have to go back to actually feeling and taking care of myself, which is the bottom line, I always come back to why do I think I'm not worth it? Because I am. You are. I am worth worth it. it. And I'm worth it to take it back. You are. And I love that you are really focused on if you've been through this challenging couple years and are your kids doing better? your husband? Yeah. It's taken a lot of therapy, a lot of plugging in because when things are on fire, you want to run away from the fire. I ran right back into it. I ran right back into our marriage. I ran right back into unwavering support for my husband, unwavering support for my children to be there for everything. You know, give me the mess. Let me help you. And then knowing I have to take care of myself on top of it, Because, you know, I'm no good if I'm wrinkled in falling down under emotional pressure of myself that I'm putting on myself. Yeah. Marriages, families, parenting, hard, yeah, but worth it. Right. All of that and losing my mother to cancer in a short period and just all of these kinds of things and my animals and the move. And it's like, oh my gosh, how much more can I take? And then I got to put it into perspective. Well, yes, that's horrible now, but there's a lot worse things going on in the world. I can get through this and having a plan. And making yourself a priority. You know, like they say, put that oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on the people around you. And I think we can just never forget to take care of ourselves. Self-care is not selfish. And the way you carve out your time before 10 a.m., I think is really important. Now, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think what I would tell somebody is definitely stay connected to the Delay Don't Deny community. Keep in touch with the books for support. Listen to the podcasts and understand that you're going to have a windy road and that's okay. It doesn't have to be a perfect road. It's your road. And that's the most important thing. It's your road. And no road is perfect. There's no no perfect road. There's no perfect. I tell my children, there's no perfection. And there is no perfection. Perfection is an illusion, right? I love that phrase. an illusion. And my non-scale victories have outweighed so much of whatever I was feeling before IF that how do you not keep going? Right. You know, you come back to that. And that's also important. Focusing on the non-scale victories and realizing that intermittent fasting is about so much more than what the number on the scale says and you know, the number in your clothes on your tag. And, you know, nobody knows those numbers but you, maybe your doctor. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, I just took the actual number scale out of my life again in August because I got on and I thought, well, I've been doing my modified ADF all summer. I'm expecting whatever it is that I was expecting to see. That was my first problem. Then I got mad and it sent me into a negative spiral for about a week. And I was like, why am I doing this? I have a shaper. Just use the shaper. I'm probably one of the last people that still use it. But you're not the only (laughs) one. Wendy in the community uses hers. And, you know, it shows you the colors of what your trend is doing instead of the number. Yeah, I never want to see a number again. It doesn't. The number does not help me. And it was another realization that this does not help and I don't need it. The shape I'm totally fine with because if it's going to send me down this negative path where I'm stuck on myself and I wasn't feeling this before I saw that number, then don't do it. It's not helpful. Yep. It's not helpful. Susan, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And I really appreciate you sharing the whole messy path because that's what we need to hear. Thank you, Jen. Peace and love to you and the community. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen 
at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer lands. There's no crime in Pura, no murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promise to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.